You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. He says, I'm going to start me a church that's going to reach their community. But I'm going to start with the brokenhearted. I'm going to start with the downcast and the downtrodden. I'm going to start with those that don't have nothing to work to give me. I'm I'm going to start with somebody that can't help themselves. And I'm going to work with people that will learn how to work with me because I'm going to give them everything they need. And God will take us and reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ if we will realize that that's His mission for us. In Jesus' time on earth, he didn't just sit with important religious people. He didn't associate only with influential men to get his message out. Instead, as Pastor Gary teaches today, he went to the broken. He sought out the weak and the needy. He loved the sinners. And today, Pastor Gary calls you to live like Jesus. Share his good news with sinful, lost people. Love those whose society has given up on. God uses broken people to reach a broken world. You can plant seeds of faith everywhere you go when you live like Jesus. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of John chapter 1 as he continues his message, Give Them Jesus. Good news, good news. Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. And if you'll put your faith in him, you can have eternal life. Somebody shout amen. All right, so he visited the rubble. He came down to where I was. Emmanuel means God with us. I'm glad that I didn't have to attain unto the height of God. That's the difference between salvation in Jesus Christ and man-made religion. Man-made religion will strive, as, as futile an effort as it is, they will strive to attain to the height of God in their good works and never reach it. That's religion. That's man-made religion, and it'll never work. But salvation is where God rolled up his holy sleeves and said, they can't reach me, but I can surely reach them. And on the cross, whenever the veil was rent from the top to the bottom, it was as if God was saying, come on in. You can come in through the blood of Jesus and receive forgiveness of your sins. And I got something even better than that. Not only was it an open invitation for us to come in, but he was also removing the veil so that he could come to where we were. Amen so that the gospel would not only reach his chosen people, Israel, but it would go to the Gentiles and to the four corners of the earth that whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm glad to tell you that this is a whosoever gospel. Amen. I don't care where you've been, what you've done. God will forgive you if you'll call on his name. Don't you let nobody lie to you and tell you that God will not forgive you. Oh, yes, he will. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than your sin. And the Bible says, says that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. If you got sin, he's got a whole lot more grace than you ever thought about sinning. Can somebody say amen again? Whoo! Mm, I believe I'm going to preach myself happy. <laughs> he, had a, he paid a visit to the rubble, and that means we got to do the same. Oh, I know we like pretty people. We like well-together people. We like people that seem to have it all together. We like to reach people that we're comfortable around, that we can relate to. It's more difficult to go down them dark alleys and shadowy places where 
people are a little bit dirtier and smellier and more sinful. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? We get this aura about us sometimes that comes across to them, and we may not mean it in our heart, but it comes across to them as, as if we're too good for them and they're too rotten for us. Jesus was hated by the religious powers that be because He dared minister to those that they were too good to minister to. He went to the ones that, that were completely ignored. Oh, men may have ignored me, but I'm glad Jesus knew right where I was at. And He came for me. And I'm telling you, He'll come for you today. And He'll come for that sinner that you think is so long lost that there's no hope for. Oh, His blood has the power to save today. We've got to go visit the rubble. We've got to go find. He said uh, He came not for the righteous. And it wasn't that He was saying there were some that had righteousness that didn't need Him. What He was saying was He didn't come for those that don't think they need Him. But He did come for those that were lost. So I think the church needs to go into overdrive, finding all the lost people that the rest of them have ignored, rejected, made fun of, criticized, ridiculed. I mean, you know, we, uh, and, and all them people that people run their mouth about and talk about, and them trashy people. Guess what? You were trashy in the guise of God before God reached down and saved you. I was trashy in the eyes of God before God ever reached down and saved me. We all were. Amen. And we all put our pants on the same way and we're all made of uh, just, we're just nothing but glorified mud balls without the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And I don't mean to offend anybody, but we need a reality check sometimes and re remind ourselves that, but were it not for the grace of God, we'd be in the same mess or worse than other people. God wants us to go to the rubble, the broken down the cast down, the downtrodden, the people with problems, the people with problems too big for you to fix. Yeah, but they'll ask me for a, they'll, they'll go to asking me for something and I don't want to put myself in that position. I'm glad Jesus didn't have that attitude. Not only did Jesus know we would ask, He told us to ask. And I can't give people everything they need, but I can, I can lead them to the one that can. <laughs> I silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, God's not asking us to uh, give what we can't, but we can give them what we can, and the best thing we can give them is Jesus. Amen. And even if you put a little money in their pocket, you need to do it. It'll help your pride. Amen. <laughs> It'll help you a little bit to help somebody who can't help themselves. I think the definition of character is what do you do for others that can't do anything in return for you. Amen. We need to learn how to love people. Not saying you haven't, but praise God, that's what He told me to preach. <laughs> uh, I think we can all work on this. We need to visit the rubble. Amen, church? And that's what Jesus did. He visited the rubble. He came to where I was. Amen. Mm. Hallelujah. Now, let me go to number two. <laughs> Verses four and five of Isaiah 61 said, And they shall build the old waste place. Who is they? Well, the ones He just went and saved. Right? In verse 2, though, He proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance. Hold on, verse 3. He, he, he went to preach to those that were mourning. He went to preach to those that were of heavy heart. He went to preach to those who were unrighteous. He went to preach to those who were broken down and uh, who were in prison. The, these are the people that in verse number 4, 
they build the old waste places. Well, what about that? God found purpose for them. What about that? God sees a future in them that you and I can't see. It will blow your mind at the potential of the God's grace added to somebody's life. You may, you may think there's absolutely no point or no use in reaching somebody in your life, but God sees a future that He can give them through the power of His blood, and none of us have the right to deprive them of the opportunity of hearing the good news lest it changes their life like it did ours. God will take the very people that we thought would not be reached and use them to reach others and build up the old waste places. What America needs right now more than anything is some people that will learn how to love others like Jesus loves them. And we can begin to repair the breaches. We can begin to become bridge builders and, and fix the divide. Satan came to divide and conquer, but Jesus came to unite and to mobilize. And if the church would quit dividing, and splitting up like splinters and getting mad at each other and getting offended at each other and figuring out, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just go down the road where I can feel comfortable and if we could learn how to get together and actually go down to reach somebody with the gospel, it would blow your mind at what God would do for a church that would do that. We don't just need to visit the rubble, but we need to begin to do what Jesus did. Get a vision to rebuild. <laughs> I like it. When God decided to create the universe, He looked around to figure out what He had to work with. And He didn't have nothing but His Word. <laughs> so He started with nothing but His Word. <laughs> and He said, let there be light. And boom, there was light. And you know what He does nowadays? Uh, he says, I'm going to start me a church that's going to reach their community. But I'm going to start with the brokenhearted. I'm going to start with the downcast and the downtrodden. I'm going to start with those that don't have nothing uh, to work to give me. I'm, I'm going to start with somebody that can't help themselves. Uh, and I'm going to work with people uh, that will learn how to work with me because I'm going to give them everything they need. Uh, and God will take us and reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, if we will realize that that's His mission for us. Somebody say amen. Let us rise up and build. God wants us to reach this community with the hope of the gospel. Listen to this. He who was crushed became a carpenter of men. And he, who, and he took the crushed then and made them carpenters of men. He was crushed so that He could build us. And then we were crushed, but He reconstructed us so that we could go build others. The church is not about building buildings with brick and mortar. It's about building up people. It's about building up people in the kingdom of God. Amen. It's about helping people when they're down. It's about praying for people when they're hurt. It's about loving people even when you don't understand them. Even when they get on your very last nerve. Love them anyway. Amen. <laughs> Love them anyway. The success of our journey will be largely determined by how much of that junk we're willing to ignore. Just don't sweat it. Don't sweat the small stuff. People are going to get on their nerves. People are people. Guess what? You get on their nerves too. <laughs> Amen. Am I just being real? It's, it's true, ain't it? It's true. We do get on each other's nerves sometimes. I hope that I'll never tell you when you do. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Some of you are like, you better tell me. Amen. Some of you are straight shooters. And you're going to be sure to tell me when I get on your nerves, and that's all right. 
Some of you, well, we'll just move right on, Lord, before I offend the Spirit. But we've got to learn to get along. And there's some things ain't worth, uh, there's some, I like to put it this way, there's some hills ain't worth dying on. Amen. Is it really important in the grand scheme of things if the church didn't put the color carpet in that you wanted or if, the, if, if they bought the wrong brand of toilet paper because the church needs to be more frugal with their money and they should have bought the cheaper stuff so that we could spread our money more? I mean, it's really, I mean, people argue over stuff like this, y'all. I've been in this thing long enough to realize people make mountains out of molehills, right? While the world's lost and dying and going to hell, we're trying to figure out what brand of toilet paper we should buy for the bathrooms. Amen. God wants us to get past all that non-essential stuff, get to where we're functional and lovable, and more importantly, loving. Loving. So we visit the rubbles, rubble places. We get a vision to rebuild. And don't ever give up hope for America and don't ever give up hope for this community because the very second we lose our hope, we lose our vision. And when we lose our vision, the church dies. At no point are we ever given permission to just hang up our head and say, well, it's just useless. People quit going soul winning because they don't see the point anymore. Well, I've invited them to the church a thousand times but they ain't never come. Well, maybe if you'd change your approach a little bit. Amen. Instead of asking them to come to church, why don't you bring church to them? Amen. Call them up in the midnight when they just lost a loved one and say, I want to just let you know I'm praying for you. Some of you do this and it's a good practice, but more of us need to do it. Amen. Bring church to them. I'm not talking about bringing religion to them. I'm talking about be the church. Love people. And you'll begin to see God win people through acts of kindness, through Christ-likeness. You'll win people. And sooner or later, they may actually take a venture and come up and show up one day at the church and actually hear what this preacher's got to say. And God may just change their life because you started by bringing it to them. It's really just lifestyle evangelism. That's all it is. Just make a habit out of loving people like Jesus loves them. And when you're fixing to give them a piece of your mind, just remember you can't afford to lose any more of it. Amen? <laughs> Amen. I can't either. I can't either. I've done give out too much of my mind. <laughs> I'm running on fumes. Amen. <laughs> so there's a uh, visit to the rubble, a vision to rebuild. And number three, oh, look at the text. Verses 6 through 11. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You didn't realize this, did you? But when you minister to others, you're actually ministering to God. If you've been in Bible study for any length of time, you should know this. Because Jesus said, whatsoever you've done to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Ooh, some of us are in trouble. We done mistreated God. Amen. God help us. For your shame, you shall have double for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. He's talking about the results of number three, a victorious revival. <laughs> mm, amen. Therefore in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. This is really, if you look at it and understand it, my understanding of this is a prophetic declaration in the book of Isaiah of the results and consequences of Jesus' earthly ministry. And the church age. This is what's supposed to be happening right now. Amen. 
Look at it. For I, the Lord, love judgment. Verse 8, I hate robbery for burnt offering, and I will direct their work in truth. Is that not the church? The church is the pillar and ground of truth. I will direct their work in truth. Not in opinion. Not in man-made declarations. Not in organizational structure. As good as all those may be, if they get out of the book, we got to abandon ship and get back in the book. Amen. I care more about being known as a Bible preacher than I do about being a Southern Baptist preacher. Because if, amen, amen, I don't want to offend anybody. And I love the Southern Baptists because they've done a lot of good for the Lord. A lot of great men of God that have been Southern Baptists. I'm not knocking the denomination, but I will knock any denomination that gets out of this book. Amen. So we got to stick with the script. Because he's going to build it on truth. God ain't up in heaven taking polls and figuring out how, he, how we want him to run things. But we act like he is. Amen. For I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery. Uh, I direct the work in truth. I will make an everlasting covenant with him. That's the, co- that's the New Testament covenant made through the blood of Jesus. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles. That's us. Amen. And their offerings among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them that they are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. Amen. There is a family resemblance when you're a child of God. You ought to look like your heavenly father. And if you don't, there's something wrong. Amen. Somebody will look at you and say, they must have been adopted. (laughs) 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 It's a little funny, but in all actuality, we were adopted. But we are also born. We got the double. He said he would give you double for your trouble. We got the double blessing. Not only am I blood kin, but I'm adopted. Did you know that legally an adopted child cannot be legally disowned? God will never disown you. Once you're his, you're his, baby. But what he wants you to do is he wants you to start looking like him. He wants you to start acting like him. The, the phrase, what would Jesus do, is not just a cliche and it's not just a necklace you wear around your neck or wrist. It's something you need to live by. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? How would Jesus react? That the world will know that we are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. Amen. I, I, and I, I'm not saying this. Don't take this the wrong way, but I could be walking through Walmart with clothes on that I used to paint a house with, look like a painter, and somebody say, are you a preacher? <laughs> Happened to me, didn't it? Are you a preacher? There is a distinctive characteristic on the face of a child of God that ought to give you away. Peter was around people in that fire. Remember when Peter backslid and went to cussing and denying he knew the Lord? Even in the midst of his cussing, he was trying to hide his identity. He was trying to hide it. But say, oh no, you look, you look too much like your daddy. You're, you're one of them. He couldn't hide it even in his mess and in his shame. And some of you need to know this. You may be backslid right now and you know you're a child of God and you know you ain't where you're supposed to be, but you can't hide it and can't nobody else hide it. They know you where you're supposed to be as well and you might as well just come back home and make things right with the Lord and get where you belong because you ain't fooling nobody. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so he wants us to do this. He wants us to look like him, act like him. 
Think like Him. How do we do that? Well, we get in the Word. We let the Spirit of God teach us. Number three, a victorious revival. Listen, I'm going to say it this way. Never... We've sown a lot of seed over that time. Would you all agree? How many of you would like to see the harvest that is equivalent to the seed sown? Whoa. What if you had fruit for every effort you made to reach this community? Now... Go to chapter 62. Yeah, verse 11 of chapter 61, actually. I'm sorry. Watch this. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. I believe that a church that prays right and sows right and gives right and does so faithfully, will begin to see the earth bring forth her bud. They will begin to see the garden cause the things that are sown in it to spring forth. To Brother Bob yesterday, he was telling me about they had come a big rain and, and there was seed in the ground that had lied, lain dormant for years. 50 years. But when the rain came, there was life in the ground and that desert came to life. Oh, I'm telling you, God knows where every seed is. He knows where every tear that has been cried is. He knows where every seed sown is. He remembers that wayward child that you watched grow up through vacation Bible school and grew up in your Sunday school class and now they're out in the world and they're out in sin and you think unto God, I think that we just wasted our time. But God's seeds are accounted for and what God's looking for is a church that'll believe God to send the latter rain and rain His heaven down on that seed and bring to life the end time harvest like we've never seen before. I believe that time is upon us and I believe as a church if we'll continue to sow and water we'll see God give the increase and we'll see a revival that none of us can take credit for and we'll have to say all glory and praise belongs to Jesus Christ. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. Oh, that's what I'm looking for right there. A glorious revival that God will begin His work, His end time work because I do believe we're in the last days. So now, chapter 62, verse 6, this is the last two verses I'm going to read. God said, I have set a watchman upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. Let me read that again. (laughs) Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. Now watch. And give Him, who's Him? God, the Lord. And give Him no rest till He establish, until He make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. God's looking for somebody that will believe His Word so much uh, that when He's not fulfilling His Word, they say, well, He said it, so I'm going to believe it until He does it. And I'm going to keep preaching it. I'm going to keep sowing it. I'm going to keep shouting it. I don't care what anybody tells me. I may get my whole life and see no fruit from my labor, but I'm going to believe that my labor is not in vain in the Lord because God's going to send somebody along behind me to water after I've sown. And it don't make no difference if I enjoyed the harvest so long as the seeds are sown because it is is only God that gives the increase and it is time for the church uh, to quit their belly aching and quit their whining and quit hanging up their hat and throwing in the towel and quitting and get out and sow seed because God's word still works in a lost and dying world. 
God's Word still works. Uh, he's still saving sinners. Uh, well, He just ain't saving nobody anymore. Shut up, please. He is too, amen. Aren't we having fun? So your assignment is give Him Jesus. If you give Him Jesus, Jesus will take it from there. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCoddle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCoddle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.